You are listening to Living for the Cinema with Jeff Gershon. I am a cinema enthusiast of all genres, here to discuss with you one film every episode. The good, the bad, and the ugly of what makes each film unique. And just as a warning, these films might be in theaters now, or they may be from 10, 20, 30 years ago. But regardless, there's a strong possibility that I will be revealing spoilers. I might give away the plot or the ending in this review, so just be warned. Bullet Train, which came out in 2022 and was directed by David Leach. It stars Brad Pitt, Aaron Taylor-Johnson, Brian Tyree Henry, Joey King, Zazie Beetz, Bad Bunny, Andrew Koji, Hiroyoku Sanada, Logan Lerman, Sandra Bullock, Karen Fukuhara, and Michael Shannon. The genre would be action comedy. Okay, simple snatch and grab. What's the catch? There is no catch. There's always a catch. You stab me? There's someone else doing a job on this train. It's the wolf. It was in the wedding you infiltrated in Mexico. Chrome, I knew I'd recognize that guy. I'm really good with his face. Get off the train. He doesn't need a reason to kill people like you. He needs a reason not to. Okay. Can we just take your time out here? I will never stop coming for you. Why? Bullet train. Do you think there was a little head trauma? Maybe. A little bit, yeah. Now, if there was such a thing as nostalgia for the first decade of the 21st century, otherwise known as the aughts, it is now upon us. Because director David Leach has delivered us a cheeky throwback to a time when, gratefully, major studios were not afraid to release original, mid- or big-budget genre films with R ratings. Big-time action movies. Which is the good news here? Post-2000, there were some balls-out R-rated action films which were shameless in their efforts to jolt the audience, but also attracted enough top talent to succeed with flying colors. As examples, I'm talking about Shoot 'em Up, Man on Fire. I wish you had more time. Previous episode, Law-Abiding Citizen, Repo Men, and the Kill Bill duology. But then for every one of those types of films, during the same time period, you had several lazier, try-hard agro-actioners, often with one-word titles. Gamer, 300. This is Sparta! Wanted, Hitman, Underworld, Doom, Blood Rain, Swordfish, Rock and Rolla, that is one word, Revolver, Domino, Rambo 08, if we're being honest, Okay, Bad Boys 2, that's not one word, but... How old are you? I'm 15, Mr. Manhattan. Motherfucker, you look 30. And Smoking Aces. And yeah, and some of these were from genuinely good filmmakers, no less. But overall, this was a time when filmmakers were just trying so hard to make you leap out of your seat with ultra-violence or extreme gags that the whole thing just became increasingly tiresome. And remember, this was also the same era that we saw the growth of, quote, torture porn with the Hostel and the Saw movies, along with a crop of, quote, extreme gross-out comedies with titles like Freddy Got Fingered. Ugh. And that's where the bad news comes. Bullet Train tries so hard to entertain with nonstop violence mixed with gags that it becomes increasingly exhausting as it stretches into its second hour. 
I mean, there are moments meant to shock, but the film never seems to commit to that full on. This film is just strangely never as violent as it pretends to be, which would be fine except when you have this many characters, you want some stakes. You need a few, oh shit, did that just happen? moments to keep the tension going. Beyond that, the movie is also never as funny as it pretends to be as well. Some jokes land, and the cast has charm to spare. I mean, Brad Pitt, he is one of our biggest movie stars for a reason. He can deliver self-deprecating humor with the best of them. In movies like True Romance. Do you know a Clarence Wally? Yes. Do you know where we can find him? Yes, I do. He has always been adept at allowing himself to be the butt of the joke without sacrificing his natural on-screen charisma. And he pulls that off here, playing a reluctant bagman slash assassin nicknamed Ladybug. Deer Creek International Business Solutions, how can I help you? I am ready. Well, that's great, Ladybug. Ladybug? Your new operational name. Oh, I see what you're doing. Ladybug's supposed to be lucky. Ha! You don't have bad luck. Who was on this eponymous train with a seemingly simple mission, but soon gets in over his head. And Pitt is game with the jokes. Problem is, I just wish the jokes were funnier. The story is sort of similar to Smoking Aces in that it deals with a convergence of several different underworld types into one area. And in this instance, it's the eponymous bullet train. Each of these characters is here to either nab a suitcase filled with a lot of money for a ransom and or the supposed ransomee, the son of a major crime lord known as White Death, I think, who's also on board the train. And because so many stories converge, we are treated to several flashbacks, tangents, asides, and or doublebacks, callbacks to previous times in the movie to show the story from different points of view, including one sequence in particular, which might have landed better if it wasn't shoehorned in the middle of the climax late in the movie. Yes, this sequence is about a bottle of Fuji spring water. No joke. I mean, literally, it's just not particularly funny. I'll say this, though. The action sequences are generally quite fun, often making inventive use of closed quarters, which I'm always a sucker for. I know killed the kid. Yeah, where is he then? He's on this train. Oh, that narrows it then, and Donnie. And the train itself is a fun setting with playful, eye-popping production design by David Schooneman, who has worked with the director David Leach before, especially on the gorgeous-looking Atomic Blonde. Overall, Bullet Train is an entertaining movie, but it never quite achieves the heights it's aiming for. And also, if you have seen both full-length trailers for this movie, try to manage your expectations. And I'll leave it at that, for now. And that brings us to the categories. The first category would be the best needle drop. This is the best song cue or piece of score used throughout the runtime of the film. <laughs> this was a fun little exercise here. There's no official soundtrack that has been announced for this movie as of yet, at the recording of this episode. But gratefully, one of the highlights of the original teaser trailer for this movie has carried over to the movie itself. And that would be an alternative version of one of my favorite needle drops from one of my favorite movies, previous episode, Saturday Night Fever. And the song is Staying Alive. And in the movie, this version is played early on as we see Brad Pitt's character, yep, you guessed it, strutting around Tokyo, because that's just what you have to do when this song's playing in any language, really. What? You know what I want to do? What? 
strut. Except in the case of Bullet Train, it's performed in another language, and apparently there has been a significant amount of back and forth online as to what language that is. I was confused myself. And who exactly performed the version heard in both the trailer and early on in the movie? Even doing a deep dive on Reddit of all places, and I don't usually go to Reddit that often, there is still zero consensus as of the time I'm recording this. But here's what I can confirm so far. We actually hear two versions of the song in the trailer. Initially, the song is played in Japanese. And then apparently about halfway through the trailer, it switches to a Spanish version. That's right. And honestly, I can't remember which version or even both plays in the movie. So far, I can only find the partial official version sung in Spanish. And that is by the Costa Rican band Marfil. Hey, I'm doing my best here, as there are just so many versions of this Bee Gees classic. Regardless, it's a fun listen. And that now brings us to the next category, which would be Wasted Talent. Okay, for this movie, this is just a stacked category. We are talking Marvel levels of Wasted cast members. Spoiler alert, if you have not seen both full-length trailers for this movie, just warning you. Now to start, if you were jazzed to see Zazie Beetz or Sandra Bullock in action in this movie, I'll save you some time because guess what? You pretty much saw most of their screen time in those trailers. Zazie Beetz is especially done dirty here, and I'll just leave it at that. Also, were you intrigued by seeing some glimpses of Michael Shannon as the master villain, as is shown in that final trailer? Well, guess what? This movie teases his appearance until well into the third act. But the impact of seeing him as White Death, the main villain, just isn't there, thanks to the trailer giving it away. And because the movie wants to keep being coy about the reveal of a character who's already been shown in the trailer, we hardly hear anything from him for most of the movie. That's right, Michael Shannon, who has a great voice and has been a joy to watch utter any kind of dialogue, no matter the context. Good call there. And finally, have you seen the popular superhero show on Amazon known as The Boys? I would have to think that there's a significant audience crossover between that show and this movie, so it's very likely that the answer to this question is yes. Well, Karen Fukuhara is featured in this movie, off the bat. Yes, she is the same actress who plays Kimiko on The Boys, and she just finished her best season on that show, no less. Kimiko has just become a great character, engaging, and certainly one of the better versioning action stars out there with great fighting skills. Well, once the train starts rolling in this movie, Fukuhara is featured in multiple scenes as a stewardess on board, having several interactions with Pitt's character, Ladybug. And we see her throughout the film. 
as a stewardess serving food and drinks. And that's it. I just kept watching this character, expecting something to happen with her, for her to get in on the action, as everyone else does. But she never does. I mean, you cast Kimiko in a prominent role in some crazy action film, and the only thing you give her to do is serve food and drinks? Okay. That brings us to the next category, which would be the trailer moment. This is the scene or moment that best describes this movie. I have always found it to be a pretty clever device watching folks on screen attempting conflict while trying to be extremely quiet. It just always gets me. My personal favorite example of this has always been in the movie The Other Guys. Early on, we see a whisper brawl, literally a whisper brawl, brewing between Mark Wahlberg, Will Ferrell, and some rivals of theirs in the police department played by Rob Riggle and Damon Wayans Jr. Just hysterical. It's fine. Well, Bullet Train also has one such sequence early on, which definitely had me cracking up. When they first meet in the, quote, quiet car, Ladybug sits across from Lemon. Hey, those are the names that they are given in the movie. So yes, Brad Pitt sits across from Brian Tyree Henry, and almost immediately negotiations between them break down. Of course, there's a mousy older woman, a Karen, if you will, sitting just a couple of rows from them who's not having it. So... They get to physically harming each other with a laptop, a kick in the shins, the butt of a gun, and all the while they're covering their mouths while this nearby Karen keeps giving them dirty looks or shushing them. And comedy ensues. There was a gun under this table, yeah? Be as dead as that kid over there. Of the several inventive fight sequences that we see in this movie, this happens to be my personal favorite. And that now brings us to the final category, the MVP, the person or people who are most responsible for the success of this film. Brad Pitt's name is above the title. He's the biggest star, and I get why, because he's Brad Pitt, of course, and he's fine. He's fine in this movie. But here's the thing. It's not even really Brad Pitt's movie. Nope, this movie actually belongs to the two Hitman brothers, Tangerine and Lemon. I'm Lemon. I'm Tangerine. We're two very ordinary brothers. With very ordinary names. We're definitely not paid assassins. Played by Aaron Taylor Johnson and Brian Tyree Henry, respectively. They argue, they banter, they conspire, and they are genuinely fun to watch. They honestly get as much screen time as Pitt, and they make the most of it for sure. They're basically doing their own variation on the dual hitman setup for Pulp Fiction, even though the screenplay by Zach Olkovich isn't nearly that clever. I dig both these actors. Going back to his breakout title role in Kick-Ass, Aaron Taylor Johnson has always shown some chops, though often with smaller roles in movies like Nocturnal Animals or Tenet, whereas with bigger, more prominent roles in films like Godzilla or Savages, I have often found him to be a bit underwhelming. Well, in Bullet Train, 
It's nice to see him finally break out with something closer to a lead part. He's just got a jaunty swagger about him. He delivers most of his dialogue with some fun bemusement. And the dude just holds his own in the action sequences. As does Brian Tyree Henry, who just keeps popping up in movies that I really like, with performances that I really enjoy. He had engaging smaller roles in Joker, Godzilla vs. Kong, and If Beale Street Could Talk. He was the best thing in Marvel's Eternals, by far. And he genuinely dominated the screen in a few key scenes throughout previous episode, Widows. And in this movie, it's really quite fun to see him stretch a bit. He's got the crazy frosted hair and the Cockney accent, and he's pulling it off. He's really quite the versatile actor. His chemistry with Taylor Johnson is undeniable, and the relationship between these two characters is pretty much the heart of the movie. For elevating this movie whenever they appear on screen together or apart, and in my opinion, being the true stars, Brian Tyree Henry and Aaron Taylor Johnson are your co-MVPs. Tangerine is a hot-headed psychopath, a sociopath. Lemon is the most genuine, childlike. You ever watched Thomas the Tank Engine? Here we go. Joyous psychopath. <laughs> He's Tangerine and Lemon are extremely dangerous. But what makes them funny is that they bicker between each other. 16 kills, mate. Oh, no, it was 17. 16. I'll smash my head through a brick wall. Well, maybe that'll help your memory. My overall rating for Bullet Train is two and three quarters stars out of five. Or 2.75 stars out of five. Wow, I really wanted to like this movie. I really did. And I love movies about trains, no less. Unstoppable, Runaway Train. And Bullet Train has its highlights for sure. But next to Alex Garland's Men, which came out a few months ago, and I kind of dug that movie, but it was just not nearly on the level of Alex Garland's previous films, I might consider Bullet Train to be my most disappointing new film of the year so far. Because I loved those trailers. And clearly trailers can be a double-edged sword. Who knows? It might grow on me. If you're looking to watch Bullet Train, it is currently playing in theaters. And that ends another derailed review. Please like, subscribe, and share the Living for the Cinema podcast, and follow and like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Letterboxd. And join us next time for another review from Living for the Cinema. Living for the Cinema.